World champions. Man, that feels good. I, every time I hear it, every time I say it, I got a little spring in my step. I got a little smile on my face. I'm looking at you, Greg. I see a little smirk crossing your face along the way. Perfect it smile. Just absolutely, right? It just feels good. Wore my hat into Starbucks this morning. Everybody's fired up. It just feels good. It feels right. Let's not wait 32 more years to do this all over again. It was just an unbelievable night last night. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm going to get to you in just one second. 877-710-ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Let's talk about Julio Urias. How good is that guy? Let's go way back for a second. Let's go Let's go back what feels like several lifetimes ago, but was really only a couple of seasons ago. When the Dodgers went to Mexico to take a look at Yasiel Puig, when they went down there and they saw Puig and they decided that, yep, we'd like to have him for sure, they also saw a kid left-hander that said, huh, that looks pretty good. Let's get him too. That was Julio Urias. Okay? He comes up and he has the thing that is so incredibly dangerous, which is unlimited potential. We've seen it so many times, right? The, the, the LeBron James that gets dubbed a prodigy, the Tiger Woods that gets dubbed a prodigy that actually turns into LeBron or Tiger or Serena, doesn't happen. Okay, there, there's a reason we can name them all because there's like four of them. Okay, it doesn't happen. You know how many guys that have said, oh, I'm telling you, this guy's the next Nolan Ryan. Remember Todd Van Poppel? Remember that name? Of course you don't. Why would anybody? He was the next Nolan Ryan. Kerry Wood was the next Nolan Ryan, and then Dusty Baker got a hold of him. There's a, a million things can happen. Mark Pryor, right down the road from SC, was the guy that was the next big right-handed flame-throwing pitcher. And he was for a season or two, and then it didn't happen. Urias was the guy. It was, hey, look, we've got Clayton Kershaw still, and he's our number one left-handed guy, but I'm telling you, it's not going to be too long before this kid is right there with him. And it just never really happened. They put him in the big leagues at 19 years old, not a ton of seasoning, and he was a mixed bag. There were times where you saw the stuff, and you're thinking, yeah, okay, I, I see it. And there were other times where it just, I, huh, this this guy? Or really? Are we sure about that? All sorts of things go on. He's in and out of the rotation. He's in and out of the bullpen. They never really had a clearly defined role for him. He dealt with injuries along the way. Even this season, there really wasn't a clearly defined role for him. You knew Kershaw was going to pitch in the rotation. You knew Dustin May was going to pitch in the rotation. You knew once Walker Bueller got back that he was going to be a part of the rotation, that even with the blisters, he was going to go every six or seven days, regardless of what it was. And Urias was that guy that was he'd sometimes come out of the bullpen. He'd sometimes start a game. He just never really was, you're this guy. And then Walker Bueller shows up. Walker Bueller is the guy. And by the way, he is. And then Dustin May. Oh, wait, that giant redheaded guy has a 100-mile-an-hour backup sinker? Whoa, what, what is that? And you kind of sort of lost Julio in the traffic. Tony Gonsolin's a later-round draft pick who was throwing 89 in college and getting to the major leagues, and he's throwing 96. Like, wait, this is our fifth starter? Wow. And then you had what we saw this postseason. You had Urias in the NLCS win a closeout game out of the bullpen. Fast forward to game four, he starts and pitches reasonably well. It wasn't lights out, but he left the game with a lead. You know, I, I, as a starting pitcher, that's really all you can ask for. Did you leave a game with the lead? And the answer for him was yes. Now, he didn't get out of the fifth inning. It wasn't a gem. It wasn't what Walker Bueller did the other night. It wasn't that, but it was good. 
And then they send him back to the bullpen last night. And I said it, Greg. I said right here when we talked about, oh, he's not available for game six. I said, bull. You want to bet? You want to bet? Because the scenario that happened last night is exactly the scenario I laid out heading into that game. And that is, it is a one or two run game. You have a chance to close this out and you've got that guy ready to go. Look, Blake Trinan was really good. Gratterall was really good out of the bullpen. Urias was better. He was the better bet right there. And you let him go, and you let him ride it, and he, t- he put seven guys in a row down. It was just a brilliant performance. And to be in and out of the rotation, to never really be told your role definitively, you're our guy here, or you're our guy there, or you're going to be out of the bullpen, or you're going to start, that's hard for a pitcher, and he handled it beautifully. You were absolutely right when you said that. And, it, I mean, what's one day going to make a difference anyway? If you have the chance, that was the right call to go there. But think about what, you, what you're talking about here, though. This team, moving forward, now has multiple guys that are young, 26 years old, 24 years old. All these young pitchers that are lights out in the postseason. Yeah. That's the one thing that's a huge deal. And I think you, that's a great point, Greg, because you forget because – He's still so young. Urias had been through the postseason fire a few times. This was not the first time he'd pitched in the postseason. You saw what Dustin May looked like the first time he went out there in the playoffs in a high leverage. It was tough. Tony Gonsolin's still figuring out how to pitch in the postseason. It's tough. Not that dude. That dude was stone cold. Absolutely awesome. Calls in just one second. 877-710-ESPN. Download the DraftKings app and use the code GREENY to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Very quickly, here's the Dodger rotation for next year, potentially. Walker Bueller's your number one. Clayton Kershaw's your number two. Julio Urias is in there somewhere. Let's just call him number three. Dustin May is going to be in that starting rotation. He's four. And then you've got a five. You've got to make a choice between David Price and Tony Gonsolin. It's a pretty good decision to make. That's a pretty damn good decision to make. I mean, if David Price or Tony Gonsolin's your fifth guy, this is why I'm so bullish, not just on what they just got done, but what might happen. I know that they're in the middle of a run that almost never happens. You don't win the division eight years in a row. That's stupid. This couldn't be the middle of something like this. It could very easily not be the end. I'm not saying they're going to win 16 division titles in a row. That's probably not going to happen. They don't have to. They just have to get into the playoffs. And we saw it this year with the expanded field. Who knows what that means moving forward. All right, let's go to Whittier this time. And Chris, Chris, you're on 710 ESPN. What's going on? Hey, good morning. Uh, Just want to say congratulations to all my fellow Dodger fans and Laker fans. We got it done. We needed this to happen. Um, Stop taking calls from people that are not true fans giving us asterisks or whatever that (laughs) other caller was talking about. Um, This was a complete win, just like the Lakers win. Um, They had to deal with all of the the challenges of COVID and persevere. And if there's any asterisks or any legitimate championships, it should be those Red Sox and that Astros team. And that's where the finger gets pointed. And I also think, I don't even know why we have the discussion about Kershaw you know, and this whole, oh, well, he now he won and now he's validated. Well, he also uh, had some bad postseason World Series against those teams that were cheating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he would have choked this this round, then maybe there would have been something there. But you got to give the guy the pass on that. So I'm just happy. Congratulations to the Dodgers and the Lakers for both getting it done. Yeah, Chris, I, I agree with almost everything you said. The only thing I would throw in there is that it wasn't just the Astros and Red Sox that got him. 
There were there were other guys too. It was the Cardinals. It was the Nats last year. There 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 were other guys. It 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 was a fair criticism. It was a fair criticism. He was not. He wasn't himself. I mean, I, I don't say that with any sort of pleasure, but it was a fair criticism to say, "Hey, what's going on over there?" And now he showed up. He he, he wasn't. And gosh, I hate to even say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Kenley Jansen was kind of along for the ride for this last part. He and that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a World Series. That he wasn't an integral part of everything that they did over the last eight years. But in this World Series. He kind of was a spectator more than anything else. That doesn't illegitimize his ring at all. It's a championship ring, but he we saw the one game that he came in and it really wasn't great. And then you could tell Doc's like, no, we're not we're not doing that again. And it was the right decision to do. It's not what happened with Clayton Kershaw. He won two games out of six. That's pretty damn good. He pitched lights out in one and was absolutely brilliant in the other because he wasn't lights out, because he was tough, because he battled. And it's great to talk about. It is just great to talk about. Lomita, this time, and Bobby. Bobby, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, Trav. Thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick quick thing on uh, the Turner situation. You know, um, it's ridiculous listening to all these callers come in and drop the hammer on this guy. Like, it, we ask these guys to go out there and put themselves at risk for our entertainment, um, basically, over the last uh, three months or so. And I think it's it's hypocritical to come to now and the biggest moment of this guy's life that he's worked for his entire career to get to, to tell him that he can't, you know, celebrate a little bit with his team. When these guys went to him and said, look, we want you out there. We're okay with it. Put your mask on. You know, I get he took his mask off for the picture, but uh, you know, would you let somebody keep you in the locker room if you worked your entire career to get to that point? Yeah. And, and, and you put yourself at harm's risk for everyone's entertainment, and now you can't celebrate the biggest moment of your life. I just think it's ridiculous for all these callers to call in and yeah, it, it's, be high and mighty about it, you know? it. It's interesting, Bobby, and I appreciate the phone call, and I appreciate you bringing it up. The Justin Turner thing is just an unbelievable turn of events towards the end of a closeout World Series game because – Think think of the ripples on the pond if the Dodgers had not come back to win that game, right? Let's say that the Dodgers lose that game one to nothing. Let's say that Kevin Cash was watching the game and decided to leave Blake Snell in, and he finishes it off, complete game, one to nothing, and the Rays win the game, and we're going into game seven, and Justin Turner got yanked off the field in the eighth inning with a positive COVID test. And I don't know how many of his teammates, if any, will show up with positive tests moving forward. I mean, odds are you'd think probably more than one. That's how this stuff works, right? it's interesting and there's a lot to it and all the parts about him coming back on the field and taking pictures mask all these things there's a conversation i don't want to do it today i i don't want to do it today because it's it's really nuanced and difficult and intricate i i just think that today's not the day to do it it might be tomorrow it might be friday it might be next week i don't know i just know that i'm glad justin turner got to be out there with his teammates i'm glad that he got to celebrate i understand everybody being really taken aback by seeing him out there without the mask i get all of that but just feels like today is not the day for that we'll get to it we'll get to it just not today i i I appreciate what you're saying bobby and i agree with just about everything you said you're you're right you couldn't keep me out there my leg could be falling off i'm going back out there 
And I get it that he's potentially putting other people. I, I, I understand it. I'm not dismissing any of the concerns. I just don't know if today is the right day to do it. All right. More of your phone calls coming up. 877-710-ESPN. More of your tweets as well. We'll get to all of that. Plus, I want to give credit to somebody in that other dugout who was absolutely terrifying. That's coming up next on 710 ESPN. But first, like you, I have a family and I have a mortgage. And I protect the ones I love with life insurance. Life insurance is what it is. It's peace of mind. It can help you pay off a mortgage. It can help you send your kids to college. And if you think you can't afford it, chances are SelectQuote can help you get it for less than a dollar a day. SelectQuote comparison shops up to 10 highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, Mutual of Omaha, and others to find you the company with the best rates. For example, Select Quote could find a 35-year-old man a $500,000 policy for under $19 a month. That's less than a dollar a day. Select Quote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance company to find your best policy. Plus, the quotes are free. So start protecting your family today. Call Select Quote at 1-800-881-6868. That's 1-800-881-6868. Or go to selectquote.com. 1-800-881-6868. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors, and it is not available in all states. The 0-2, and it's strike three called. Throws him with a fastball. Julio Urias gets the last seven in a row, and the Los Angeles Dodgers have won the World Series for the first time since 1988. He was incredible this postseason. Um, just the compete, the way he went about it, was as good as it gets. And, you know, we talked about, you know, putting him in that role in Game 7 and uh, just to a man, it was easy to bet on. And then for him to go out and back it up the way he did, um, you know, just speaks volumes about him. And so he was a huge part of getting us to this point, and then obviously a huge part of Game 7 in the CS and a huge part of Game 6 tonight. As Dodgers president Andrew Friedman talking about Julio Urias, am I the only one that sees Nick Kroll when I look at him? I can't be, right? I mean, man, that is uncanny how much those two guys look alike. That is something else. Very quickly, you know what I love about the World Series, and I really loved it last night because it was the Dodgers I love those ISO shots on all the players when the last out is recorded. And especially because it was a strikeout so everybody could react. Nobody had to go make a play, right? Strike three called. Swing the bat, buddy. But strike three called and just the the, the pure euphoria on everybody's face, just the release of energy and pent-up frustration for years and years and years. Every last one of those guys, Mookie and Bellinger and Seager and Kike and all of them, it was just awesome to see. I loved every single second of it. And I can say this right now because it's over. Randy Arena is terrifying. My goodness. What in the world? How would you like to be a Cardinal fan right now knowing that you let that guy walk out the door? What a mess. Randy Arena in the postseason, his lowest, his lowest OPS through four rounds of the playoffs, his lowest was 1.152 against the Astros. His OPS against the Dodgers, 1.234. That's stupid. That's just beyond crazy. He hit 10 home runs in the postseason. That's a pretty good season. 
right? If, if you hit 10 home runs in a major league season, you play 140 games and you hit 10 home runs, he had a pretty nice year. He hit 10 in the playoffs. He was the only guy on that team. And I'm not saying he was the only guy that could hurt the Dodgers because we saw Brandon Lau run into a few. But Orozarena was the only one that came up, wasn't going to swing at a bad pitch. And if you threw him a strike, he was going to get you. I can't go back to it enough. Dylan Floro striking him out in the second inning really kind of turned the tide because it's the first time he came up in a big spot and they'd gotten him. Just to put that into perspective, the 10 home runs from Orozarena, the Dodger postseason record before this season was 11 from Duke Snyder. (laughs) 11. Justin Turner passed him with 12 this year, but 11 was the postseason record. It's just obscene. All-time career postseason, not just one year. Stay over there in the American League, Randy. Unless you're wearing a Dodger uniform, I don't ever want to see that guy again. He was absolutely fantastic. He hit three against the Yankees, four against the Astros, and then three more against the Dodgers. <laughs> Just bonkers stuff. All right, let's try another uh, phone call here. Let's go to John Inventura. John, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? How's it going, fellas? It's good to be a Dodger fan and a Laker fan. Yes, it is. The only problem is these championships during the week, it's a hard, hard time to try to find a place where you can get some manure to deal with this. <laughs> That's it, right there. Yeah, hey, it works though, right? Did you find it? Did you find your manure? Are you are you back on your feet? My sister brought some by when I was waiting on the phone uh, to talk to you guys. So I'm good now. All we got to do now is I got to pay off a bet I had with my mom about. Ten years ago, I said the Lakers and the Dodgers would never win another championship together. Now I got to. I lost a bet to hers. What do you owe her? I I said I'd get married again. <laughs> do you have a Do you have somebody in mind, or is this just a somebody you got to go find right now? Oh no, this gonna be a total crapshoot. <laughs> well, good luck, John. I'm glad you got your menudo. And uh, ladies, look out. John's looking for another wife because he's got to pay off a bet with his mom. Thanks, John. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said before. Growing up here and growing up when I grew up, the Lakers and the Dodgers were always good. You know, I, I, I became a sports fan in the mid to late 1970s. Dodgers were in the World Series a lot at that point. That was the infield, you know, Garvey, Lopes, Russell, and Say. They were in the World Series against the Big Red Machine. They were in the World Series against the Oakland A's. They were in the World Series against the New York Yankees. And that's just the Dodgers go to the World Series. And they put, they break through in 81. They break through again in 88. And it just feels like that's how it goes. The Lakers have been good as long as I've been alive. You know, other than the last four or five years prior to LeBron's arrival, that's really the only time in my life that the Lakers were anything other than pretty good to excellent. So you just kind of get used to it. And then the Dodgers hit this thing for 32 years where they can't punch their way through it. Lakers did their part. The Lakers, you know, Kobe got five. There was championships along the way for the Lakers. But the Dodgers just could not get through it until last night. And now let's go back to the old way. Let's go back to the the 80s where both of these teams are stacking up championships one after the next. Let's go to Victorville this time. And Rob, Rob, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Travis, man? Just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of yours, man. I think you got the biggest personality in radio. And, Thank you. And on top of that, uh, I've been listening to you from the beginning, man, since Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Rob. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Uh, just wanted to say, man, I'm loving it right now. Um, but it's one thing I wanted to bring up that I don't know if anybody remembers. I remember a while back Andrew Friedman and, uh, and company came on, on radio, and they told us, they said, 
we're going to grow the arms and buy the bats. Mm. And that's exactly what they've been doing, and it's been working out awesomely. I mean, they've done it to the to, to the T. Um, and then on top of that, I just wanted to know your take on, uh, and I hate to bring it up this early, but where do we go from here, man? I mean, we're thinking about the next year, uh, defending the championship, and then looking at the passing of the guard. like to know your thoughts. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rob. Thanks for the call. Um, I, I love that phrase, grow the arm by the bat. That's really interesting. Um, look, they've done all of it, really. They've clearly grown arms. They grew Bueller. They grew... Urias, you've got May, you've got Gonsolin. These are guys that have come up through the Dodgers system, and the Dodgers are loaded up with talented arms going forward. As far as buying the bat, I mean, that's what they did with Mookie. I know that there was a trade, but they didn't make that trade thinking that they were going to, oh, we'll figure, they, they knew that they were going to have to pay Mookie, and they did. And it's a great buy because that guy's amazing, and he's going to be one of the best players in baseball for a while. So that's a good idea. But they've also grown some bats, man. Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger. Those guys are legit. Jock Peterson? You know, Jock's never going to hit 350, but that dude's going to run into 35 or 40 home runs a year. He's a homegrown guy. They've done it both. And then they obviously have filled in with some guys that they've gone out and found. Chris Taylor was in the Seattle organization. Muncie was in the Oakland organization. Justin Turner comes from the Mets. I can't, I can't say enough about JT. You know, when you think about the great Dodgers, you're going to think about, you know, Jackie Robinson and Duke Snyder and, and Koufax and Drysdale and Hershiser and Gibson and Fernando, Garvey, all of these guys that have come through it. They, and, and those guys are all great Dodgers, to be sure. Kershaw is going to be, you know, easy, easy, easy. Justin Turner has been here a long time and been nothing but extraordinary, just fantastic as steady as they come, and this is the ultimate compliment, really, as professional as they come. He goes out there, he plays third base, he doesn't make any errors. He bats third in your lineup every single night, gives you a competitive at-bat over and over and over again. And like Greg just said a minute ago, he's the all-time Dodger postseason leader in home runs. Justin Turner was not swinging the bat all that well this year. He, he was not having a typical Justin Turner season. But you knew Dave was going to leave him in the three-hole, as he should have. And you knew there was going to come some times where some big at-bats were going to roll around and the dude with the long red hair was going to come up and he was going to do some damage. And that's exactly what happened. It's a local guy, Cal State Fullerton, went to high school here in Southern California. How good does that feel for him? And obviously all the craziness that took place in the eighth inning. I mean, when when you didn't see him on the field in the eighth inning, what go, I'm like, wow, that's weird. He's a pretty good defensive player. I'm thinking maybe that hamstring got him again. Maybe he all of a sudden wasn't quite ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the second out of the inning, Rios gets a ground ball hit at him. Not a super hard play, but not an, a, an absolute layup either. And he makes you think, wow, okay, I guess they know what they're doing. And then, bam, COVID diagnosis. What? I mean, in the middle of that entire celebration, that comes out as like, what in the world is going on around here? Just a crazy, crazy night. I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for all of the Dodgers. Just a great night for those guys across the board. All right, there was one guy that did not get to play last night that shares in this as much as anybody else. I'm going to tell you who that is. That is coming up next. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Commercial insurance through Progressive protects your business and your dream. Choose from over 30 coverage options at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Oh, and through the count on bets. And a swing and a ball driven. Left center field. It's gone! Betts hits one into the Rays' bullpen and extends the lead. The Dodgers now lead 3-1. to one.
I can't even really put into context. I mean, this guy has done so much on the field, off the field. Um, he's present. He's a superstar that is a servant. And uh, big games, comes up big. And uh, our organization is better with him, and we're going to be way better for years to come because of Mookie Betts. I think that's a fascinating topic right there, that they're going to be better for years to come because of Mookie Betts. Yes, of course they are. Um, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm going to get to you in just a couple of minutes. 877-710-ESPN if you would like to get in as well and celebrate the Dodgers World Series Championship one more time. 877-710-ESPN. This idea of just getting started the last caller mentioned it we talked about the pitching rotation we talked about all the different options they have and the vast majority of the guys that they're going to run out there next year in the rotation are on the right side of 25 think about that we're not talking 30 we're talking 25 for a lot of these guys Bueller May Gonsolin Urias all of these guys are young guys Kershaw is the old guy and he still obviously is a very good pitcher if he's your third guy I mean what are we talking about here how good is that pitching rotation and let's go around the diamond let's go through and talk about all the different guys that we're going to see for the foreseeable future they just signed let's go start in the outfield start in right field they just signed Mookie he's here for a decade plus you don't have to worry about that in center field, you have Cody Bellinger, who still is a few years away from free agency before you have to think about whether or not you want to pay him, whether because somebody's going to pay him, right? Somebody's going to come in over the top rope, 30 plus million a year, and give it to him. I and mean, we're talking about a guy that's in his mid 20s, that's a former MVP, that has hit big home runs in big spots, that's a high level center fielder that can play all over the field. Somebody's going to pay that guy, but the Dodgers don't have to worry about that at least for a little while. He's not going anywhere. In left field, you've got Pollock for another year. You've got Jock Peterson for a while. You've got some options out there. Chris Taylor as well. You can fill out that left field spot with a variety of different guys. If you want to go left, you want to go right. This is, again, why the Dodgers are so effective. They're incredibly versatile. Go across the infield. Max Muncy, he's not going anywhere. Second base, Gavin Lux is waiting, right? Gavin Lux is the guy that we've been hearing about for a long time that's not only the Dodgers' top prospect, but one of the best prospects in baseball. And if he's not there, you got options that you can do it. I think he's going to be there very, very soon. Go to shortstop, Corey Seager, check the box. We're done there. Don't need to worry about him for a while. Third base is a question. Justin Turner is up, and you need to make a decision there. We just talked about how important he's been to this franchise. We just talked about how valuable he is as a member of this organization, the professionalism that he brings, not to mention the ability that he brings. But he's one of the few guys on this team that's on the wrong side of 30. You have to make a decision there. Will Smith behind home plate, we're done. He's going to be back there five years plus. You don't have to worry about it. The closer situation, you got to get figured out. This is the one part that you know is going to be different next year. The Dodger bullpen will be very different a year from now than it is right now, and not because of any other reason than that's how bullpens get built. The bullpen gets rebuilt every single year. That's just modern baseball because you have to, that's where you budget your money, right? In the bullpen. You got a guy, you want to give him a million. Well, the Reds will give him two. The Yankees will give him two and a half, and you got to make some economic decisions. That's why bullpens, that's why a guy like Blake Trinan shakes loose all of a sudden and is an incredibly valuable part of your team because bullpens get shuffled. They're set up really well for the future. This is not the, oh, thank goodness they got it right before the, the, the clock hit triple zero. Still a lot of time left on the clock for this group. There are a lot of very good players that aren't going anywhere for a very long time. 
LaPuente and Caesar. Caesar, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, so happy for my Dodgers, man. You know, last few years I spent a lot of money that I did not have, and it, it hurt a lot to even be at Game 7 to see us lose, man. But this right here, this makes it this makes it really special. I think a lot of people don't realize this was that this championship was was won through brotherhood, man. It, it was championships are won all the time and for different reasons. But you know, adversity creates brotherhood. And whether you're talking about baseball, basketball, or 101st Airborne Division, man, the, the adversity we went through, the tough times, and and the brotherhood that was created, that's what makes it so special. Because every single man there deserves that ring. Whether they did anything in the World Series or not, yep. uh, everything that we went through, Kenley, all of them, they all deserve it, man, because it takes, it takes adversity. It takes years to get to uh, something this special. And yep. I don't want to hear anything uh, negative from all those cockroaches that come out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something different for a second there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, come on. Caesar, appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. I did not think cockroaches was going to be the word that was said right there, but that's uh, maybe that's just me. Um, yeah, look, this team was incredibly resilient. This is the team that was down 3-1. This was the team that that had a Little League moment in Game 4 to kick a game. There was a lot of opportunities to say, oh, man, it's not meant to be. And what made it so cool is some of the reasons that you just mentioned. This is the same group of guys, with a few exceptions, that have been through all of this over and over and over again. We saw Justin Turner in the World Series, Cody Bellinger in the World Series, all of these guys. We've seen it, right? And they've struggled, and they've gotten ripped off by the Astros, and they got beat up by the Red Sox. We've seen all of these things. So when all of these same guys finally got over the hurdle last night, it felt great. It just felt fantastic. Next stop is Steve in Redondo Beach. Steve, you're on 710 ESPN. Good morning, guys. Congratulations to everybody in Dodger Nation that feels great about the win. I just wanted to, to bring up the point that, um, you know, the pull of Snell yesterday after facing the lineup exactly twice is right out of the Friedman playbook when he was the general manager there and set up that philosophy and that system of metric. So to the point earlier that you had uh, one of the guests on who said uh, a good manager is a blend of what's happening in front of his eyes mm-hmm. and then what's, uh, what he's got to do um, is it's really all about it. There's not a lot of managers that are great at that. No, it, it, there's a skill to it. Uh, your, your phone's breaking up, Steve. I'm going to jump in there because it's a little hard to, to hear what you're saying. But yes, um, it isn't one thing or the other. It isn't a, an, a, a slavish devotion to the mathematics of pull him out after this many guys. That's not what it is. It's also not the retro cigar in your mouth. This guy's got a, an ugly girlfriend, therefore he lacks confidence. Let's not draft him. That's equally stupid. It's a blend of the two things. It's a blend of using your eyes and saying this guy's got some ability or this guy's having a great night. And there's also the math that tells you more often than not, this is what's going to happen in this situation. But you got to watch. I mean, I know we haven't mentioned it in a few minutes. Kevin Cash gave the Dodgers the game last night. I don't know what would have happened had they left Snell in there. I just know I was thrilled to see him go. I was thrilled to see him walk off the field and and Blake Snell was not pleased. I was ecstatic. I couldn't get enough of it. I, I I would have driven to Dallas and said, "Where do you want to go, Blake? I'll tell you. I'll take you wherever you want. Want to go back to Tampa? Done." I don't know why they did that because your eyeballs were telling you, "Do not do it." And especially against Mookie, he'd made Mookie look bad twice, struck him out easily twice. You go get a guy that'd given up a run seven games in a row. 
That's what Nick, An- Nick Anderson had given up a run in seven consecutive appearances. That's the guy you go get? Boom. Done. All right. 877-710-ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Here's what we're going to do. I've got a bunch of calls still on hold. I'm going to get to as many of them as I can. We're going to do that next on a World Series celebration on 710 ESPN. Hey, look, we all accidentally, we bust up our phones, right? It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. It's a great cap to the Lakers and now the Dodgers. This is a time of healing for everyone in our country, but specifically Los Angeles. Uh, These Angelinos, uh, it's been a long time, so I can't wait to get back home and celebrate. Had a conversation with Mayor Eric Garcetti last night talking about exactly that, celebrating here in the city. Who knows what ultimately uh, comes out of it, but yeah, if there's any downside to what we've seen the last couple of weeks, and and there really isn't, it's that we can't all do it together. You don't get to watch that parade, or if you're the parade-going type, to get to go to the parade. I'll watch it on TV. That's more my speed. I don't need to go down there with that many folks, but yeah, it's, it's too bad that it's gone that way. Let's check in on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed real quick. This is from Joe Schmo 44 I had a really hard time understanding Kevin Cash's decision. <laughs> Signed Nell. Come on, man. What show do you think this is? They, look, it was it was a bad decision to be sure. It was a terrible decision. And Kevin Cash stood in front of the media last night, or I guess via Zoom, how we do it now, and answered all the questions. He was a totally stand-up guy. And I agree that I don't think it was exactly his decision to do that. I'm sure that somebody with a you know, a slide rule or a protractor or whatever said, uh, two times through the lineup, you need to go get him. Okay, I, I, fine. But what it should have been, when the, when, the, when the slide rule spit out the calculation, what it should have been, go get him after two times through the rotation unless he's given up two soft hits. Then leave him in there and see what happens. That's when you need to combine the two things together. Uh, glad they didn't. Really, really glad that they didn't. Let's try this. Let's go, um, hmm, Bill in Irvine. Let's go to Bill in Irvine. You're on 710 ESPN. Bill, what's up? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, what was really huge was that Barnes was behind the plate for the last few games and had really uh, paid dividends. Not only did he uh, force the hand with that move, you know, basically getting on base, that was you know, uh, I know he was uh, the number nine hitter, but the fact that he did get the hit really uh, got things going. And also, I thought it was really important that the Urias, uh, uh, as bad as it was in game four coming out early, it just made uh, him more uh, potent for going the last, uh, you know, plus innings mm-hmm. uh, with consecutive outs and strikeouts. I thought that, that played well. And it's ironic that the play that happened, uh, you know, it, they're now vindicated from the game four ending. You know, now Barnes is there to make plays, and Barnes causes the, uh, you know, issue after. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things in there, Bill. Thank you for the call. I want to make sure I get as many people in as I can. I, I agree with you. I do not think it's a coincidence that Austin Barnes was behind the plate for that last out. I think that he's probably, at, at this point in their respective careers, he's a better defensive option than Will Smith. That doesn't mean Will Smith isn't a good defensive catcher. He's a great offensive catcher, and he's the catcher of the present and the future. But Barnes being out there is huge. You brought up a great point, too. 
that Dave took Urias out when he did in game four was huge. He was fresh last night. He was able to go seven guys last night and get all seven of them out. Because remember, he took him out before the end of the fifth inning. It was kind of, hey, really? We're doing this right now? But I think there was a larger plan in place. They had the lead. Let's see if the bullpen can hold it. And if I need him in game six or seven, he's going to be ready to go. It was a good move for sure. Uh, Tim in Fullerton. Tim, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to say that we as Dodger fans were given a gift this year or a few years back, the gift being Andrew Friedman in the front office. They deserve a lot of the credit, if not all of it, for making the Dodgers so deep. And uh, it's really a privilege to, to cheer for the Dodgers with such a great front office. I also want to say that I went to get my free taco. I added a burrito uh, to the order also. And then I thought, you know what? I've got tacos on this body from the 90s. I'm going to go find a homeless person. And so I want to challenge all my Dodger fans out there, fellow guys, uh, go feed someone. It'll make you feel good and that we can celebrate this together. Thanks. Right on. Appreciate that, Tim. It's a good idea. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, everything that they tried last night came up beautifully. It was great. Let's keep it going. Let's go to Lake Balboa and Solomon. Solomon, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up, my friend? Hey, Travis. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. So here's the thing. You are hearing some some some, some discussion about well, you know, they the best team in baseball, yeah, the best team money could buy won the series. Well, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Rays beat some teams like that, so the Dodgers still had to earn it. You still gotta, you know, you still gotta play the game. So you take your hats off to them. And uh, just briefly about Urias in that ninth inning, man, oh man, the guy was nails. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was if it was you know Dave Roberts throwing out that analytics book, but he just went with it because it felt right, and we as Dodger fans knew that this kid was going to close the, you know close the door and uh, you know complete the complete the win. Yeah, there's something to be said for that for sure, Solomon. That there was just the sense of this guy's got this, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to Kenley Jansen. That's not the point of this, but. For the last couple of seasons, when Kenley has come in at the end of the game, it was, I hope he's got this, not he's got this. Even with Blake Trinan in game five, who was brilliant in the ninth inning, there was a sense of, yeah, he's fine. Even when he gave up that leadoff hit, you're like, he's going to be all right. And and Urias just took it to another level. There was never a moment from the moment he came in that you felt, uh, you know, should they? The only question was, if they do, how quickly can they get rid of Dave Roberts if they change anything? That was the only thing. And he didn't. Look, Dave, Dave's won the division every year he's been here. He's been to the World Series three times in the last four years, and they just punched their ticket for the first time. He gets a lot of credit for that. And like uh, I think it was Tim in Fullerton said, Andrew Friedman deserves a ton of credit in all of this as well. I mean, we just talked about the roster and how everybody that is young and, and a lot of these guys are cost-controlled at this point. And they've got the young pitching. They've got a really good mix of, of veteran presence and young up-and-coming guys. That's not an accident. Look, Tampa's in the World Series because of the, the, the pieces he left in place there. I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about an organizational understanding of how to build a team without a ton of money. You put together that sort of acumen with a ton of money, <laughs> you get this. You get this because they can identify players, right? Okay, give me Mookie Betts. Everybody can do that. Not everybody can afford it, right? Not everybody has the prospects to pull off a deal like that to be able to give up some guys to get a player of that quality. By the way, and this is this is a topic for another day, 
what the hell were the Red Sox doing? Why? What? what, what? You let that guy leave? Look, the, the, the Angels, you can criticize them for a lot of things. I've done it myself. They're smart enough to know you don't let Mike Trout leave. <laughs> you, you, Mike Trout wants a half a billion dollars? Fine. Here, take it. You'll stay for 10 more years? Thank you. They, I mean, they, they get that. Why the, why the Red Sox didn't, I'll have, I have absolutely no idea. All right. If I didn't get to you, I apologize. I, I, we get to as many as we can. I'm sure that the guys coming up later, Steve and John, they're going to do it. Mason and Ireland coming up at 1 o'clock. I know LZ and Sedano, they're going to do it. They're on their show as well. So there's plenty of other opportunities for you guys to talk. I just want to say how much fun it has been to go through all of this. How much fun it has been to get to talk about Dodger baseball in a world championship year because this was not just a great team. It clearly is a great team to win as many games as they did. It's clearly a great team to win the world. Series, but this is a team that was remarkably resilient and tough and fun to watch. This was not just a math equation that went right. This was a team that won a championship and they used every last piece along the way. And I couldn't be happier that Clayton Kershaw finally has a World Series ring to go on that left hand of his. Just a fantastic accomplishment by him. Congratulations, fellas. Well done.